You feel what I'm saying? You like, just jump through every window. Any door opens, you're just like, bam. If I can it. get there, if I can get there, and if the door's closed, I'll climb through the window. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that's been my motto from day one. You don't get nowhere sitting around, man. So I've made it all before, man. Watch me. That trap music, that hustler shit. Watch me. Sometimes you gotta bring it back down to earth, though. You know what I'm saying? Watch me. That shit they call reality, man, bro. Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 109, October 14, 2018, with your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. Today's editing sponsored by White Fire OG by Good Cannabis. Today's show happened. Because an artist walks through that window, walks through that door, jumps through the window, breaks the window, breaks the door down. One of my most recent sponsors, Dab Lab, they also support Alaska Red. Start asking him, you know, to put a backtrack behind the ad. Yeah, let's do it. Hey, you want to come on the show? Talk about the history of Alaska Red? Hell yeah, let's do that. Let's do it tomorrow. (sighs) Done. This happened a few days ago. Man, Alaska Red, the man just hustles. He's an artist. He's been around a long time here in Fairbanks. We're seeing a lot more of him too. He's gonna be in the background doing some managing. He sees those opportunities. He's gonna help push people through. But in the meantime, we got a lot of years of listening to him. This is not my normal genre of music. Man, I was rocking out the last couple days. As he calls it, Alaskan hit rock. I like it. Definitely going to be his next show. November 11th, Blue Loon. Maybe I'll see you there. I would like to thank Good Cannabis. Not only for being a sponsor of the show, but for being a fine steward of the cannabis industry here in Alaska. Always shining through, and not just their quality cannabis selections, positive community cooperation is so apparent with their monthly service projects. I look forward to showcasing this more in future shows. Keep an eye out for that. November. Lots coming in November. You know, while the products are found throughout the state, I sure am happy we have them right here in Fairbanks. Thank you, good cannabis. From far north tokers. Here's Token. Alaska Red says he gets into good every once in a while. Wonder what his favorite strain is. He said he likes sativa. And way of being a performer, you know you gotta be moving around. You can't be sitting back. Can't wait to see him. It was so fun to interview. Sit back, smoke some fine herb picked up from Chimney Cannabis. We eat some big smooth. We got too much show here. I'm just going to stop. Too much show to get to, guys. We got a lot of show tonight. A lot of show. Alaska Red, thanks for coming on. Enjoy your tour down West Coast, Washington, Cali. Can't wait to see you come back. Alaska Red. 
The North Bowl Refinery is here to provide Alaska with the finest quality CBD product available on the market today. This includes Select CBD, Lenative by Montel Williams, Lazarus Naturals, Jerome Baker, Hot Mess Cushmetics, and constantly testing new products. The North Bowl Refinery is a distributor to these fine locations. Smoking Deals in Fairbanks and Kenai, Good Cannabis, Nature's Relief, Gabco, Denali's Cannabis Cash, Uncle Herbs and Homer and Anchorage, The Frost Farm, and on Facebook with more locations coming soon. The North Bowl Refinery, quality CBD in Alaska. Free Farms has been committed to teaching youngsters to the young at heart English and Western horseback riding for 25 years. Located just behind the university, they teach year-round in either the indoor heated arena in the winter or outside in the summer. Give them a jingle at 907-378-0103 to schedule a convenient time. Moving Free Farms. Let's ride some horses. I'm sitting here with Alaska Red. What's up? I'm not quite sure how I got here, actually. It's just uh, our pa our circles have crossed. That's right. Spheres are growing in Far North Toker's land. That's dope, man. You have, uh, you've been on in my scene, just seeing you on Facebook, constantly posting, so you're definitely a local artist here. It's not my genre of music. Right, 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 right. Hip-hop. Yeah, mostly hip-hop, a little bit of hip-rock, Alaskan hip-rock, too. When I play with the live band, we kind of kind of cross the genres together, the rock and the um, hip-hop, so that's something I like to call Alaskan hip-rock. Don't weep, sons, no sweet songs, but this is how it started. This world is cold and cool evil, can you be my party? Refuse to go, this retro flow, refuse to be no target. But can I please just watch them grow and finish what I started? I really like that sound of the meshing of those two genres together. It's fun, See you a couple times. Now, here you go. Oh, thank you, sir. So this is Strawberry... Strawberry Dock Bud from Alaska Blooms. I got it at True Dank. Nice. One of the things, do you hit the retails much, or you grow? Here and there, I do. I, I do. I got a couple of buddies that I that I frequent, but then I, I go see uh, the, the folks at Grass Station Forty Nine here and there. Oh, and I'll pop into Good every once in a while. And good sense here and there. You know, I, I kind of float around. Oh but no, that's what I've been doing. Too. I, I haven't. I haven't. Definitely haven't been to all of them yet. And uh, and there's a couple I'm, I'm still meaning to to check out but I, I've, I've made my way around is there one that you're looking to check out there's there's some on my list I haven't and I'm supposed to be doing this um there's that new one down downtown on 7th what oh na uh, nature's relief there you go yep they're good they're, they're a nice little shop yeah yeah I want I kind of want to check that one out I haven't seen it yet but they seem to be head they're kind of facing towards the medical side kind yeah. of steering that direction and ain't nothing wrong with nice that Good location. I mean, you're going to have people from the, the hotel walking over. Right, right, right. So this is a, a, a great way to start. Thanks for providing the setting. Oh, thank you for, for uh, thank you for coming over, man. Thank you for providing the smoke. <laughs> oh, man. I, like I, I was talking to you when I came in. I, I, had a, I had our interview as I'm driving over here. You know, I'm having this conversation, you're talking back to me, and everything is going on, and, and talking about visual, visualization, mm -hmm. about, as an artist, you... It, it's not something that we practice, is it? It just happens. We just kind of see it, and then we just, do we repeat it, or do we just see it already and we just do it? I don't know. I just kind of make it happen. 
it just happens for me. Like I visualize stuff a lot. I might take, I might talk it through a couple times. But yeah, a lot of the times, man, I just, I don't know, man. I'm a, I'm just a doer. Just get out there and just start. Yeah, man. Just balls to the walls most of the time, and it's it, usually when I'm going head first into something, I may have never, you know, had experience doing it. Or I'm, I'm, I'm a self teacher a lot, like all right, with equipment and make some know. mistakes, and you figure out oh, what yeah, to man. do. Yeah, man. Even like you were just saying, oh, you're a graphic artist. Eh. <laughs> I guess I like to play. I mean, I can, I can, I do, know, I do, I do know what I'm doing, but I'm not. I'm not gonna say I'm a professional at it by chance. Yeah. Well, professionals getting paid, right? There you go. Well, I guess I am <laughs> professional then, in a sense. Yeah, sure. I'm not super professional. <laughs> there's still a lot of things I can learn. Let me put you're it like you're that. not award claimed. Yeah, no awards yet. Yeah, no, no awards, no awards. There you go. Let's step back from Alaska Red before you haven't always been Alaska Red. Well, let's talk about music. Let's talk about early music with you. What were what was playing in your house when you were growing up? Oh man, <coughs> all sorts of stuff. I had a very musical upbringing, very very musical upbringing. My um, my grandmother was a semi pro opera singer back in the early or late seventies, if I'm if I'm right, in the Bay Area, San Francisco. <coughs> That's no small place. No, it's a huge place. <laughs> Would you say that you're uh, you're an opera singer in San Francisco? That's um, yeah. She and she was doing and she was doing some pretty cool stuff from what I've heard. Then my grandfather father passed away, and she moved up to the Pacific Northwest. My father, my whole life was always into bands and playing music, and so kind of as you see when you walk in here, I got a PA set up and I got my DJ stuff set up, but. We're sitting in my studio too, you know, in yeah. the recording studio. I'm like, I, I've surrounded myself with music because that's how it was when I was a kid. My dad go, played music? Uh huh. He was a vocalist, a keyboardist, a guitar player. I mean, what kind of band was he in? Rock. Played rock, you know, rock band. Go out and gig on the weekends, and but they had like the whole setup in my basement all the time, you know, so they'd always be jamming and practicing downstairs. And Were you allowed on the equipment? Yeah, yeah, my older brother learned how to play drums back when he was a kid and that stuff, and I was a little too little to pick stuff up, but I did. I tried to I tried to play guitar as I got older, and then I played sax in the bands and stuff like that in school, trumpet and trombone, a lot of brass. just having things sitting around, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely, because it's, it's at your access. I'm like, I have children. They're not, they're not super, you know, musical or musically inclined, I guess you could say, but... You know, they always had the option, like, my younger son, he, he liked to play the beats a little bit, and he would, he'd come in here and grab, grab a keyboard every now and then and play with something and make a, again, check out this beat, <laughs> so. Yeah, they just want to be like that, right? <coughs> yeah, man, it's cool, it's cool. I had an upbringing with a lot of music, and uh, it was always around me. My older brother is a, um, has always been a striving musician, and he's, ha he's had some, you know, some very, some very big accomplishments through his career that I've always looked up to, my father, my brother, my uncle, you know what I mean? Just music's it's in their life. Everybody, man, everybody in my family, my cousins, I mean, it just, there's bands, and like, from house to house that we went to, there'd be whole, like I said, whole band setups, PAs, everything, so, it was really cool upbringing, man. There was never a time, was there ever a time that you said, I want to be in a band, or you were you oh, just always in a band? I was in bands. Yeah. Um... Just all you don't remember not being in one. Band. I the first band <laughs> I started, I was in sixth grade. Sixth. I was in sixth sixth grade. 
That's nice. Because I used to watch, like I said, I'd watch my older brother. He had the rest of the guys in sixth grade? Yeah. Um, one of the guys was in fifth. The other buddy was in sixth grade. Because I was a saxophone player then, so I played the alto sax. My buddy uh, Michael Dupre that lived down the road played the uh, the bass sax, the real big one. Baritone or the bass—I forget exactly what you just get yourself a jazz quartet. So we had two. We had two horns. We had my little buddy Tristan, that was the fifth grader dude that lived down the road. He was playing the drums that were at our house that were already in my basement. And then I had a little buddy. Uh, fuck, I forget what the kid's name was. I just remember. I remember what he looked like. He had like the bad mullet cut <laughs> with, the, with the little spike on the top. You know, uh, he played the guitar. But only thing we played was Louie Louie. Dan dan dan. Classic dun, dun, song. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so that was our little that was our little tr- introduction to trying to band and had had a couple songs we we learned and tried to play, but after that, it, then it was like I don't know, hip hop kind of like I gravitated more towards the hip hop, and it was hip hop's a different beast because it's not really a band setting per se; it's more of a man a man to man sport. You know what I mean? Doing by, like uh, by yourself? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, I mean, yourself. sometimes you get with crews and you'll. You'll have guys that'll do groups, and I've done a couple of group settings before, and there you have a DJ, or you have producers, and it just kind of depends on the setting you're in, but for the most part, it's a it's a solo activity unless you're doing a group thing, so yeah, I mean, honing, honing my skills in and learning the craft was a solo process, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then as I... <coughs> now, what is this? Is this high school? Is this, yeah. yeah, this is this is a junior high. Junior high, beginning of high school, I started like freestyling a lot, doing a lot of, like, par- parties, the bonfires up here and stuff. People were like, yo, red spit, spit some red spit. So I'd freestyle a lot at, like, parties and house parties. And then... Uh, like, hooked up to a PA? Nah, not so much. Just, just like, around five people. Over, and really, man, you couldn't get me to shut up back in the day, honestly. I'd rap over fucking instrumentals. I'd rap over fucking songs on the radio. I would rap over... I'd rap over rock songs. I'd rap over... It didn't matter. I could rap that over when, when did that happen? When, when did the rap happen? I mean, it was always in me, man. I was, like, starting... I started writing, like, my first raps and beatboxing, like, back when I was, like, in second grade. So let me see. I was... Beat Street. Beat Street came out. 80s. This is 80s, Beat man. Beat Street, man. Yeah, Beat Street. Breaking? Yeah, Breaking 1 and 2. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, that's my shit. So I was doing that shit down in the uh, lower 48. I was break dancing and b-boying down in the lower 48, and then uh, I started like b-boxing a little bit, and then we met a guy. We met a guy from like New York way back in the day when I was like in second grade, and he was like, "Mate, that should write rhymes," and he was kind of like showing us how to write rhymes. So we started writing a couple rhymes, me and my older brother, but never really took it serious. Never really like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be a rapper or something with it." Nah, I was just kind of messing around. Years and years later, though, like I said, it was just like. It was the music that I just gravitated towards. Chena Cannabis, North Pole Cannabis Dispensary, 1725 Richardson Highway, between North Pole and Fairbanks, right before the Badger Road exit. You're going to love this place. Convenient access right off the highway. Special in-house strains, fine flower strains, chocolate, sourdough, blue kush, big smooth, purple OG kush, fruity pebbles, mmm, concentrates, buy good cannabis, good titrations, 
edibles by AK Frost and the good cannabis gummies, head on over to Chena Cannabis. Check out the full menu on leafly.com. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Sunday, noon till 6. You don't have to drive all the way to Fairbanks for your cannabis needs. Save your time. Get your quality cannabis at Chena Cannabis. Your North Pole Cannabis Dispensary. Chena Cannabis. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. I listen to it all the time. I was like, every week when the new tapes were coming out at the store, like, because I was, I, this was back set tape days, you know what I'm saying? Before but this is, so who is this? Like, I'm thinking, like, Run DMC. Is that um, who it is? Or In like, the beginning, yes. Run DMC days. Now, now I'm talking an era of junior high and freshman in high school, back when cassette tapes. Sugar Hill Gang. Right before, right before CDs hit. No, this is later. This is later, man. This is, this is NWA... Uh, okay, okay. NWA era, and then kind of gravitated more towards like this is when like Ghetto Boys first came out and getting a little harder. Yeah, 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 definitely the gangster rap era. Definitely the gangster rap era, man. Early nineties, you know what I'm saying? So and you were living on West, yeah, West Coast, yeah, yeah. And then I moved up here. I was up here. I was already up here. Uh, okay, okay. I was up here. So by by that time. I was just influenced by the music, you know what I mean? And I was one of those connoisseurs of the music. E-40 in the click, uh, you know, Dre, Snoop, all that stuff was coming out. The Chronic album just came out when I was a freshman in high school. What year is this? This was 92, I believe. 92? 91, 92? Yeah. Oh, man. So during that, I mean, during that era, that's when I was freestyling a lot and just kind of like rapping at parties. Well, that was like a Pearl Jam time. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. My brother was rocking in bands up here. He was rocking with a band. I mean, used to play with a band called uh, Abraxas. Yeah, a band called Abraxas and mess around. They used to mess around and play a lot of shows with Skellum and a bunch of guys like that back in the day. But uh, then I started like messing with this label. 50 Below Records, like, right out of high school. You know what I mean? Like, right out of high school, this guy came in. He started, like, building a studio in town. Said he wanted to put a record label together. And I was I was one of the guys that was chosen in town to <coughs> kind of mess with him. So I went in there, <coughs> kind of started learning the ropes of, like, <coughs> a recording studio. You know what I mean? Never really been in one before in my life. And then... Was writing a little bit, but still, I was just a freestyle artist. Are you Alaska Red yet? No, no. Okay, I'm, I'm okay. Just, nice. I'm just red. I, I was just red. You know what I mean? Just red. It's obvious, because yeah. if anyone's never seen you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just red. red hair, red beard. Yeah, I was just red back then, and uh, and uh, where yeah. did you get red? How long's red been there? Mm. I got I got called uh, Little Red. They started calling me like Little Red when I was in high school, like a freshman in high school. One of my buddies, Alex, he was like, man, call, can't call you Red Man because there's already a Red Man. And, that, and that's when I was freestyling a lot. He was like, so I'm going to call you Little Red. And I was like, all right, cool. And just kind of stuff. People just started calling me Red from then on freshman in high school. Okay. But yeah, so at that point when the studio stuff kind of started happening, those guys brought us down to L.A. We recorded a couple tracks at Paramount Studios and stuff. So kind of got some cool exposure. To How are you feeling at this time? Kind oh, of it was, it was really awesome. 
flying down. It was LA. big. It was big, man. She was like, "Well, it's crazy, you know, a little, little, little different, little different." We came back here. We shot a were video. They, were you uh, given the treatment? No, nah, I mean, no. We went down there on our own accord. Like as a as a record label. Like basically, I was only eighteen at the time. I bought my own flight down there. There was like nine, ten of us dudes. We all stayed in like one hotel, right off of Hollywood Boulevard. Um, we'd get up every day at like six in the morning, and we stayed there for about a week and a half. And we'd go to the studio from like six in the morning to like two, two, three in the morning. Sometimes, sometimes we sleep there. Sometimes classic we'd... band story. <laughs> Just grinded out a whole bunch of tracks while we were while we were there. I only actually ended up getting on like a couple. Like I said, there was nine, ten other dudes in our group, so. A lot of those guys were a lot older than me, too. I was the only white guy in the label, you know what I'm saying? So I had, not that that had anything to do with it. It just, I was the only white guy in the label, and real young, did not write a lot of rap. So I only had like one, two songs that I got to record. The other dudes did a whole lot more than me. Like, they just had a lot more material. We got back from uh, California. The one guy, they shot a video for one of the artists. You know, we're in the paper, did a little videos, cool. And then they ended up deciding that they were going to move it, move the label to California. Mm. The dude that owned it, you know, he was like, you know what, guys, I just think it's time for us to make that move. We're going to dip. And we we're like, what? And he's like, the whole group. Yeah. Tells everybody we're going to L.A. I'm like the fuck, fuck that. I'm an 18 year old kid, man. Just had my first kid, and I'm like. Mm. All I know is Fairbanks pretty much at this time, except for the little bit of time I grew up in the States, like right. 12 till 12. You don't really know. This and L.A. is not Alaska. Fuck, no it ain't. No it ain't. So I, was, I just wasn't ready for that shit, man. I was like, I, I'm not doing it. Only I think he went with like two of the guys. They were down there for a while, did their thing, which forced me to become me. You know what I'm saying? When they left, I was like, well, fuck, now what do I do? Life is already hard enough without these prices shooting up the gas about four dollars a gallon winter getting cold as fuck plastic on my windows too already sealed them up no matter what i do it still just ain't enough trying to save a buck see your salary crazy as fuck i've been out here unemployed for over nine months that's the brace don't get down in the slump our whole economy screwed up and down in the dumps they all left well, the studio shut down. The guy that owned the studio, Did like, your whole, whole packed it up, dipped out. No, like, two or three of the guys went with him. Uh, most of the other guys didn't. Did you guys talk about forming something together? <laughs> Not so like, much, ah, just because we were young, and it was just kind of, like, disheartening. And I think one of the guys moved to Washington. Two or three of the guys went with him. One of the other dudes got locked up. It was just like... Oh, it, man, right there's a Brian Adams. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, oh, dude, this is going crazy. But Go do your own thing. It forced me into doing my own thing. I picked up a, a drum machine and a keyboard, a little synthesizer. And, like, like honestly, like I said, head first in, had no idea what I was doing. I just bought things. This was before the internet, so you couldn't really go on YouTube and learn shit. Oh, it's so easy. It, yeah, I mean, you couldn't just go on a computer program and make a beat. No, you had to have equipment and make beats. You had to fucking have a synthesizer. Yeah, you had to you had to kind of have like a little ear for stuff and know what the hell you're doing. So it just started from that, and me and a couple buddies in a and room. This is eighteen. You're 18 this is eighteen, old. nineteen years old at the oldest man. And that, you know, I've been on my own. <laughs> I've been living on my own since I was like sixteen. So uh, yeah. We had an apartment down here in this same neighborhood, just kind of at the end of the neighborhood where three of me and a couple of my buddies lived, and we kind of all started investing in, like, music equipment. Like, one of my buddies bought a really nice keyboard. I had the drum machine. 
got a couple microphones, we hooked the shit up in the bedroom, we were just kind of fucking around, and then a couple of my buddies at that time uh, came over and were, they were like messing around making some beats and recording at the house, but like I said, it wasn't really a recording studio, it was more just like a production studio and we'd rap, you know what I mean, like, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah having fun. Over a couple PA, like not even a real PA, it was like, I don't even remember, it was probably a guitar amp or some shit, yeah. just weak, weak Montans. stuff, yeah. Oh, it was a, it was a, it was an actual house stereo, uh-huh. that's what it was, it wasn't even PA, it was two 12s with the horns in them, but house speakers hooked up to a Pioneer receiver, yeah. CD player, you know what I'm saying? That's, what that's I the first time I've ever heard that's my That's what I had like... all my stuff hooked up into, my mixer was actually going into that, that was my amp and my speakers. Just do it, right? Yeah. Just get it done. Whatever you gotta do to make it happen. But then the buddies came over and they, they uh, turned me on to a studio in town. They were like, yo, man, we just recorded this track up at Dome Studios. And I'm like, what? Don't, what, there's a studio here? You're, you're bullshitting me. They're like, nah, man, there's a fucking studio. It's a little bit out of town, but it's really cool. Man, they're like, we should go up there and do that song that we were working on. I was like, fuck Aunt Amy, man. Let's go. So we roll up there. I meet Riff Rafson and Jerry Rafson, their two brothers that are fucking very well known in this town for music for a long, long time. And they Did you know them as you're walking up to them? No, had no idea. Had no idea who they were. Never heard of them. Never heard of their studio. Anything. Get in there. We're introduced. Uh, like I said, I was a guest of those guys, so I was recording a song with them. We get done with the session. I, I you know, I'm kind of talking to Riff, and Jerry wasn't even in there at the time. He's the one that's in the wheelchair. Uh, Riff's in there working the engineering and stuff, but it, Jerry owns, like, the property where the studio's at. Riff would always come up there, like, after work or whatever and meet us. And he was just like, man, you guys are really good, man. It was really fun, you know? And he's really cool, really loose, like, you know, let us do our thing up there and shit. So it was, like, really cool environment and very productive to make music and have a good session. So... He started like letting us know that they'd been around for a while, and they told us of a couple of the groups and stuff that they'd recorded. They were themselves a group that had been around for a long fucking time and made some same records. kind of music. No, they're like rock and bluegrass, and I mean all sorts of stuff had been. They up just there. knew how. They just knew how to do music. Yeah, man, they're just they're just they knew what the fuck they were doing. Uh-huh. It was all real to real, man, and so it was so cool. It was just very nostalgic, and like my older brother used to always tell me when he recorded, man, the best uh, sound you're ever gonna get is that real to real. So I was like, oh, this is cool, man. So I just started, hey, man, what's what's it cost to do it? And he goes, well, you got to buy a reel. That's the first thing you got to do. Reel costs $88. I was like, okay. And then he's like, well, we charge 50 bucks an hour to record. And I was like, when's your next opening? <laughs> right then, huh? Oh, dude, from right there. Man, I left that session with those guys. I came back to my house where my buddies were, and I was like, I'm making a fucking album. Who's down? They were like, what? I was like, bro, there's a studio up there. I was like, all we gotta do is put a couple beats together, man. I was like, alright. I was like, man, I'm making a record. Fuck this. And I just had it playing in my head. Uh, Boom. First album. 2001 comes out. So, I can feel your teenager energy. Oh, yeah, Just man. going back to that. Oh, man. That I was... Living the dream. I mean, just, here's the chance. Take yeah, it. yeah. It just was, do it. It was it. great, man. Stop you. It was great. So, Where's, what... First album, Organized Ruckus. I, I put that out in two thousand one, and I and I did that one, the top one on the very on the very left. I did that with a couple of buddies of mine from here in town, Terrence and Clarence Nicholson. We all lived together. Like I said, they helped kind of fund it and stuff, and we just kind of learned the ropes, man. We we learned some valuable mistakes and lessons on like costs and you know doing things and you know and then. 
a couple years later, I made another album, and I mean, I just, I just kept going from there. Like once I made that first album, it was like there was no fucking stopping me. I was like, all right, I'm making another album, and it was just like I would set these goals, man, that seemed like to other people that were unattainable. Like you ain't making a fucking album, and I did, and I put it out, and then I was like on 98.1 with a live remote at, in front of Sam Goody signing autographs in CDs with a live remote from K-Wolf 98.1 and Michelle Chick was on there like, yeah, we're down here with Alaska Red. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff I started doing and it was like, I just started setting goals and obtaining yeah. the end, you know what I mean? Making it, making it happen. And, you gotta pick yourself up, you gotta try to maintain. This is the fashion state we live in, only out for monetary it just didn't stop. I went from there into... So we fell into Alaska Red there, huh? No, no, I still wasn't Alaska Red. I, I was just Red Dot Productions is what it was. In 2001? Yeah, 2001, I was just Red. Red. 2000, the red so you dot, dropped a little. Yep, it was just Red, and it was, uh, it was Red Dot Productions was the label, and Slash Self Entertainment was my buddy's, my buddy's label. So... Second album, I wasn't really messing with them no more. I just did my own thing with another guy, a duo, and we we made an album just under my label. But by that time, I was kind of already foreseeing opening a studio. You know what I'm saying? Like I was going up to riffing them studio still, and they were like, "You ain't gonna be coming here long, man. I already know it." And I was just like, "No, man, I love you guys. I'm always gonna come here and riff with riff like foreseeing." He was like, "You're serious, man. You've been coming here like." Relentlessly spending big money at fifty bucks an hour, man. It's shit adds up quick. But I didn't care. Every dollar I fucking made, I would spend on making music, man. How long did it take you to record track? Well, I mean, just I guess an album. How much? How long would it take you to get an album? It just depends. Just depends. Just just depends, man. Yeah, it just depends. Everything's different. I can be. I can be. Those first ones, definitely, I wasn't. You know, I was learning the ropes, trying to get the okay, kind of, kind of, kind of rush. And I'm not like that no more. (laughs) By the third album, uh, which was a compilation with a bunch of guys from around town and stuff, I recorded probably about ninety percent of it up there. But by then, I was already like buying my equipment. I'd like, mm. I'd bought my four thousand dollar microphone. I'd bought my recorder. I'd bought things I knew I needed to put together and make a studio. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have a spot. It was just all sitting in a closet in boxes, brand new. I'd I'd go look at that shit like it's about to be on. Uh, it's about to be on. I can, how long did you have it like that? Uh, probably about a good six months. And then we started We started rolling around town, me and my buddy Ox. We started rolling around town talking to some people, looking at places to possibly rent and stuff. And this and then, is 15 years ago, huh? This was 2002. 2002. 2002. Yeah, 2002. Then we fell into that spot right there on the corner of 3rd and Eagle Street below the barbershop. The Alaska Barbershop right there. That's uh, that's right by... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 3rd and Eagle Street. That's where I used to get my haircut before. Yeah, dude is, dude is super cool. Mike. My, yeah. my mother-in-law actually works there still. Um, didn't know she didn't work there back then. A buddy of ours was actually renting the spot from him because he was going to put a media... A media um, Mike's got a recording studio? No, Mike doesn't have a recording okay. studio. He plays in a band, but I had the recording studio down there. My buddy oh, would rented a spot from him. Yes, because there's a downstairs to that barber shop that goes. You go gotcha. right down them stairs right there and over, and there's a door right there, and it's a whole it's a same same layout downstairs. Okay, so my buddy had started renting it, 
as a multimedia place. He was going to do like graphics and video and shit like that. But then he just kind of was like, nah, man, I basically just live at the TV station. There's no reason for me to even fucking rent a spot. But we we're going to do it in half. Like, you do the recording studio. And then he was like, if you want it, you can have it. And I was like, fuck it, cool, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Rent wasn't much, whatever. I got, I just did it up. Man. And fifty dollars an hour. Now you've got your. Well, now I'm charging. All the time. Now I'm charging fifty dollars an hour. Did you start it right away? Fuck yeah! As soon as I got it done, uh, hustling, got it huh? done, hooked up. Fucking, I had radio ads out. I had TV ads out. I had fucking everything, man. You're a model of how I was, to get it done. Huh? I was everywhere, man. I was on. I was on anything that had anything to do with music in this town. Like if there was a vocal competition. I was giving out studio time, or I was a sponsor, and I was on, I was on everything, man, everything, and I just kept grinding, man, I just kept grinding, the studio stayed around for some, for quite a few years, we were there, I think, like, five years, something like that, 2000, till, till about 2006, 2007, yeah, 2006, because, the, yeah, it was about 2006, because then I moved over to the Hoyts Plaza on Cushman, I was in there for about a year, year and a half, and then I bought this house, and I moved it in here because, you know, it's not a cash cow business. I would kind of slowed down on things, and I just kind of started figuring, the reason I made the studio in the beginning was because, like, I always spent a lot of money recording other places, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. And I was like, man, you know, I'm going to save all this money, but then it became, I had to make money to keep my business open, you know what I mean? Right, so then I, running a place, so then I stopped recording as much and doing as much music and I'm chasing the dollar trying to keep my doors open. Uh, and he clients, and he clients, and he clients, and he clients, and he clients. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? This is ass backwards. Uh-huh. I was like, I'd, I'd be happier going to a studio and paying. Like, you came back around, huh? Yeah, it was weird, man. It was really weird. So I had like this little epiphany type thing and I was like, I'm closing the doors. I'm not doing it for like money no more. I, I have my studio because I love music. But it's not about making money to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I don't, I barely take clients. Barely, barely, barely. It's my house, my home, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't just let anybody in my home. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot different than when I was chasing the dollars and I was like, hell yeah, you, you got a big sign. You come in front. with 30 dudes <laughs> having guns and smoking dope oh, and doing shit. whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. <laughs> as long as you pay me $50 an hour. <laughs> but now I'm like, hell no, nah, that shit ain't happening around here. We chilling. Right before I transitioned into this place, too, uh, moving the studio over here, I started the. Um, are you Alaska Red yet? When you move Not here? Not yet. Not yet, man. Not yet. This is awesome. Uh, when did so you move in here? I moved in here in 2007. Alright, so we, got, we still got a... <coughs> three years. I'm excited. This is so, quite a mystery. So, I, I dropped a couple albums at the other studios for a couple other guys. Those two dudes, uh, Hostile Rain and King Slim, I actually... Did full albums for those dudes. What's the deal with the hip-hop world and the rap world? There's a lot of artists going with each other and flipping around. What is what is that? What's uh, going on? A lot of people just like to collaborate together, man. And just because, it, I guess, because it's a solo thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's, and a lot of people, man, like, you know, you feed off of other people's energy and you like what they're doing or whatever. So it's cool to, like, collaborate with them because you get that energy off of them. Boom. Or link up and make a group all of a sudden. I mean, I've done that a couple times, been in a couple groups, but I don't know. By the time 2010 rolled around, I was in here. I made I made my, uh, I guess you'd call it my second solo album, The Trapped in the Land of the Frozen. That one featured Tech 9, E40, and that was like the one that like, you know, that's where I became Alaska Red. 
Like, I was like, all right, I need to brand myself different. I need to step out of this Fairbanks bullshit, and I need to, like, set myself apart from the rest of these artists. You know what I'm saying? So you became a, a statewide thing. <laughs> I just I just branded myself differently, like the monarchy of I'm Alaska Red, you know, instead of just being red. I was like, that's more marketable to lower 48 and everybody. It's like, I'm Alaska Red. You Especially know, like, when you, like you want to go down, like I see you're going on tour. Oh, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere, Washington man. people love yeah. Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. And they know about it, man. They know, the, they know the name. They know the brand now, dog. And I'm like, I've really worked a lot of years with the with the promotion company and bringing artists up here and collaborating with them myself, like Tech Nines and E40s, to where my name is known in those circles now. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Like I can just apply. It can apply to everything. I, I'm immediately thinking it's my podcast world, like me getting on other people's shows and working with other people, and mm-hmm. it's. It's just getting out there, feeding off other people, and networking, finding out who you man. are. Yeah. Networking and uh, just staying, staying grinding, man. So, you know, fast forward a few more years, uh, I just stayed I just stayed kind of chilling, work, you know, working on the home life. I got married, re- remarried, uh, had a child a couple years back, but then I put out another album, too, like... Right after I had a kid, I put out my my last album, The Snowsuits and Bunny Boots, in 2016. Same year my daughter was born. I think I heard, what, what was that, uh, <coughs> Sweet Songs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was cool. Yeah, cool yeah, video, I mean, yeah. touring through Fairbanks. I yeah, man, I love that liked one. It. Yeah. Love that one right there. Living in a world that is cold as fuck. Why the truth is messed by lies and they ain't telling us. Now revolution from the youth who rebellious. As we take to the streets and raise our fists up. Don't weep, sons, no sweet songs, but this is how it started. This world is cold and full of evil. Can you make my party? Refuse to go, rest or flow. Refuse to be no targets. Again, I please just watch them grow and finish what I saw. So, yeah, man, this is where I've been at, and I've just now recently been touring. A lot of touring in the lower 48, you know, making music still with a lot of people outside of here and people inside of Alaska and just. Trying to help artists from our state kind of, you know, reach higher plateaus and do some different stuff too and right. get around and get out there and make music and have fun, man. <laughs> yeah, it is a hard thing pushing art, huh? To have someone extremely, pay you to. Um, extremely hard. To take your art. People have no idea. No fucking idea. And it's like they. People see the end result of a lot of shit that I do, you know what I mean? Because I throw concerts and stuff like that or, you know. They'll see an album when it's done. Yeah. They'll see a show when it's the show. Ah, it's all fun. It's all, but they don't understand like the months of preparation it takes to get to that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And everything it takes. It comes to, so easy for you, Red. Yeah, it it's seems so like easy. it. Seems like it. I mean, it. It's probably a lot easier for me than a lot of people, just because I've. And that's why you're doing it, right? Been doing it so long that I, you know, you Good get you get fucking. You get used to things, and you get to knowing. You get to knowing how to work things, and how to fucking maneuver around certain situations. And you know, being that I'm, I'm in music, man. I'm like, I'm trying to be involved in every facet of it that I can be. I've, I've radio DJed, I've wedding DJed, party DJ, club DJed. I own a recording studio. I, you know, what I'm saying I'm anything I can do with music. That's what I'm into. You know, what I mean, I'd rather do that than go work for some motherfucker <laughs> you talked a lot you know? about making the album mm-hmm. but you're a performance guy too right totally where is most of it is it in the album or is it in the performance now now to me it's more about performing 
You know what I'm saying? Now, <clears throat> like a lot of it before was the albums, but now music has transitioned so much that it's more visual now. It's like, you know, where's your videos? What's the new sing? It's not album, it's singles. Who's What's the hot new single? Mm, I've fallen away from music. Oh, it's man, still videos? That was, that's old, bro. That's so old. videos out? Oh, everybody puts video videos, but it's like constant content you know what i mean and they're not super creative they're not super quality it's just not not all of them aren't there's some that are very creative and they got good content but a lot of the shit quantities crap it's more over quantity quality. over quality you feel what i'm saying oh, yeah. i'm more of a quality over quantity guy so i don't have a lot of visuals out because i'm very picky about what the story has to be project well there was portrayed. a lot of stuff in in that uh yeah sweet songs fuck yeah a lot man. of things going oh, on yeah <laughs> yeah Cause that's like my that's shit that's up there when I'm doing these songs, you know. And it's like I see that stuff when I'm writing it. You know what I mean? Like when I'm writing, always a story. Song, yeah, it's, I'm a storyteller, man. When I'm when I'm doing most of my rhymes, so I see the stories. So I'm picky about what I put out there, like as visuals and stuff too. Which kind of hinders me because I know a lot of people are like a lot more visual than I am, but I am definitely more about the visual on stage too. Yeah. I. I love being on stage. I'm very energetic. I'm very, uh, I don't know. I just have fun up there, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's that's when I release all my my energy is when I'm on stage. And I don't know. I seem to get good feedback from people about you it. Do any exercise to keep yourself in shape for that? Yeah, sometimes. Not all the time. I should do a lot more. <laughs> well, yeah, if you want to perform that way, right? Yeah, you do. You got to, man. You got to, bro. Especially when you're getting older. <gasps> I'm not getting younger, you know what I'm saying? I'm getting older. I'm not getting younger. So I definitely... Uh, P90X or Yeah, something. I'm definitely uh, looking into some different little regiments that I need to be working on to keep my, keep my game tight, man. Because right. it's a young man's game. Definitely. I know it. I see it when I go out there. I'm like, when I go on these tours and I'm like, eh, eh, I'm with these other guys that are around my age and then I see these other guys that are like the opening acts with me and they're the dudes that are like, because I'm at their level doing well, what they're doing when you were they're, 19. and they're 20. Yeah. You feel me? Back to and when I'm you like, were just red. Fuckers. When you were a little red. But I'm about to go out here and smoke this fucking stage and show you little bitches how it's done and that's what I do. And then they're like, God damn, dog. Okay, that's why you here. Shine so bright, they look something just like mine. The wrong chick, but the right time made some kids, some homies got time. Now, time passed, and we getting older. Simply put, I'm out of order. Music isn't blowing up, don't wear no chips up on my shoulder. Keep my balance, hear my heart from growing colder. Cause the malice actions, they like them cinder ashes burning bolder. When it's all over, simply put, there's nothing left. Just know I try my best and never live with regrets. So I'm like, hey, homie, what it is? I guess that's what it always be. I'm trying to raise these kids, just look at where the fuck my life will be. Not coming home, then who would feed my seeds and raise them up to be good men? Exactly who they supposed to be, and that's what meant the most to me. So you could give a toast to he. People try to fight and raise them right, and always kept them close to me. Struggle to bring home groceries. The fridge is only half filled. Working more than two jobs in this rap game just won't pay the That's why I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, a vet. Yeah. A veteran, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some, I got some miles under me. But I love traveling, man. I love getting out there. I love doing the motherfucking the tours, you know what I'm saying, I love that my city and the people in this state fucking support me like they do to where I can actually go out here and do that stuff, because love your art, I can't, I couldn't do it if I didn't have the people that loved me and helped me like I, like they do, do what they do for me, man, you know what I'm saying, it's, I allow you to be an artist, yeah, it's, it's well, honestly not allow you to be, help you be, no, totally, 
embracing being an artist, man. You know what I'm saying? For real. And, and it, it makes you more, right? It makes does. You, it does. Like, you accept me as that? Okay, let me let me, let me keep doing some yeah, more. Just... Sometimes, man, you feel like shit, man. You feel like you ain't shit and you ain't doing nothing. And what the fuck am I really doing? And, uh, what am I really... You know, everybody yeah. has those days, man. And it's just like... Maybe that one person that's like, God damn, man, you're doing it, brother. You're doing it for Alaska. And I'm like, what? And they're like, no, man, you're the motherfucker. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. You are. And I'm like, wow, that's encouraging. It's it's inspirational to me to make me go, you know what? If one motherfucker feels like that, you, got, you goddamn right. You goddamn right I am. Let's go. <laughs> I just gotta go get it. <laughs> the way your hustle is... I, I've had it's a lot unmatched. Of it's unmatched, man. A lot of guests on the show, you know. <laughs> uh, 50, 60. Wow. You are the fastest that happened. Hmm. Like, it just went from started. Dad Lab is a new sponsor of the show. Right. Dad Lab AK, winner of Cannabis Classic 2017, Alaska's best glass shop. And there's no doubt as to why. High quality American made glass, none of this cheap import stuff. With the best CBD and accessories available on the market, all in a comfortable, professional setting with competitive prices. Support local, College Road, Fairbanks. I'm gonna let my buddy Alaska Red tell you. For the highest quality glass that you're gonna find in Alaska, head on down to my buddy's shop, Dab Lab AK, 3410 College Road. That's Dab Lab AK, 3410 College Road, Fairbanks, Alaska. 10 to 9, Sunday through Thursday, open till 11, Friday to Saturday. For all your cannabis accessory needs, Dab Lab AK. Backtrack provided by Alaska Red, Lyrical Sticker. And I noticed that they sponsor you and you right. work with them. Right. And I was like, man, let's... Let's put one of your tracks behind the rad. Definitely. And then you're like, yeah, how many you need? I'll send them right now. And I'm just like, Phew. Yes, man. That's how I work. Out. That's how I work, man. I'm like, I don't have, because I know. And here we are, I've a day learned, later. We're here talking. Yes, doing to, a podcast. Here we go. That's how I've, I've always operated, and I, try to, and I try to stay working like that, because I know opportunities don't come around a lot. They don't present themselves all the time. So when something does come around you got to take advantage of it man and it's like like i didn't know what you know what your intentions were <laughs> i didn't know that you wanted to do a podcast you asked for some music oh yeah dad those are my people man uh-huh. so of course i'm gonna help to my guys right then you know blossom into hey let's do a podcast yeah let's do it you want to talk Hell yeah i'm down yes. to talk i'm a talking motherfucker <laughs> let's no go. and i'm a questioning motherfucker uh, yeah, there you go just and to have to have access to you, someone who was representing Alaska this way, and I don't know you. Oh yeah, man. and yeah, no. <laughs> just to have access to an expert, man, a pro. I appreciate pro it, man. It. I appreciate it. I mean, just and just like it, it happened. Yeah, we, you know how to get things done. Oh, most definitely, man. And, and speaking of that character, I, I, I want to talk about: Are you Alaska Red all the time? Because I'm not mid toker all the time. I don't think. No, I mean, like, you know, you come. I mean, this is the thing. I'm me, man. I'm just, I'm just a right? person. I'm a person like every fucking buddy else. But when you get on stage, are you me or are you Alaska Red? I, then, then I kind of turn a switch on and I, I go to work. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. But man, I'm always working, as you said. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those move makers, so. man. I'm con, I'm constantly moving and shaking. So 
in that aspect, I'm always a Lascarite. I live fucking hip-hop. I live music, man. I'm like, it's not a game to me. It's not something that I do is like, it's not something I do, you know, something I live. You feel what I'm saying? You like, just jump through every window. Any door opens, you're just like, bam. If I can it. get there, if I can get there, and if the door's closed, I'll climb through the window. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that's that's been my motto from day one, because you don't, <laughs> you don't get nowhere sitting around, man. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like you've been uh, super successful all the way along. What, no, never. So what never. I'm not What's super been... successful now, to this day. Um, that's the thing about success. In one man's eyes, you know, what? what is success? Getting to do what you like. There you go. I feel, I feel I'm successful in the, in the fact that I'm still healthy. I have a great family. I'm not locked up. I'm not on drugs. I'm not fucking out here fucking my community up. I'm mm. trying to bring something positive to you it. You get to be an artist. I get to do what I love to do. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I don't have to get up every morning and be miserable and go work for some... Which... There may be a time in two weeks I may have to. You know what I'm right. saying? Things change all the time. You know, I'm fortunate right now and blessed in what I'm doing to be able to do what I'm doing. So I just, I just thank, I'm thankful that I get to keep doing it. You know what I mean? Living in a world that is cold as fuck. While the truth is messed by lies and they ain't telling us. And revolution from the youth who rebellious. Have to take to the streets and raise our fists up. Don't weep, sons, no sweet songs, but this is how it started. This world is cold. How has it changed? You, you've been mentioning like the younger guys, and you being one of the veterans coming on and getting into that stage, and the younger guys just what the, you, energy. The, the music scene, the music um, scene, or sure, like like when you go to a performance and you got the openers coming on. How are they different than you? Uh, are they I the mean, same the, as you the, were back then. I mean, the vibe, the vibe of the music's changed a lot. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot different, a lot of different styles of music out there now than there was back in the day. Depending on where you're at. You know what I mean? The cultures can be different depending on where you're going and what you're doing. So you get a lot of different vibes from different people. But, I mean, the scene itself is just... Here, it's it's blossoming. It's really cool. It's like, it's a slow it's a slow place and it, it there's not a whole hell of a lot of people doing a lot. But when you get people that are there that are really actually like into it and trying to do stuff like guys like Bishop Slice and Tony Taylor. It's cool, man, because they are being productive. They're being contributing to the scene. They're like, they're bringing a different flavor and flair to a Starbucks, all those guys, man. It's like, I love it. I love, I just, I love to see the scene blossom because that's what I'm, I'm more about is like watching, watching the culture grow and feeding the culture and, making something out of nothing you know that's what that's what hip-hop is you know what i mean like we didn't have hip-hop shows in the in fairbanks until i started bringing them motherfuckers really there was a couple you know there was a couple here and there but there wasn't like a monthly hip-hop show like there almost is now or a, a bi-monthly hip-hop show like there is now you know what i mean that shit didn't happen what is that 10 years ago. What is the bi-monthly hip-hop show? I mean, just, you know, just whatever. You know, we'll <laughs> oh, have, somewhere out we'll have like, a somewhere. local showcase somewhere, or we're bringing up headliners. Like, we got right. Crazy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony coming up in November. We, you know, we brought everybody under the sun from Tech Nine's crew, and, you know, just all sorts of guys up here yeah. over the years. So it's like, that's stuff that's feeding the culture. It's 
showing people that this shit is obtainable to them in this little fucking town. That they, you know, you don't get to see that stuff. If you're like me, a rapper or whatever. whatever. You're or bringing access. Music. Yeah, it's like, look, man, it's right here. It's right in front of your fucking face. Want to talk to them? Want to do a song with them? Got any money, right? But you can do that with the shit that can be done. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's it's cool to help you know blossom that shit and watch it grow over the years. And I think it's in a cool place right now. I just think. You know, we're still we're still Alaska. We're a little bit behind behind the times. We're we're definitely so far away from stuff that it it seems unaccessible sometimes, man. Like like I just started touring a couple few years ago. You know, like going to the lower forty eight, and I'm like, okay, oh, I'm that I'm that way though. Like I said, I try to figure things out, and then once I figure it out, I kind of get in this like groove where oh, okay, I'm gonna make this shit happen. It's not as hard as I thought it was, but. For very many years, it seemed unattainable, almost like why my album was called "Trapped in the Land of the Frozen." It's like, man, I'm up here fucking stuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't just jump in my fucking car and pack up my speakers and go do shows for fucking ten days all over the place because right. it's fucking Alaska. They ain't right, feel, just first they're not feeling fucking hip hop most of the places you're going in Alaska. Second, there's not town after town after town to go to. Right. Down there, it's like that. I'm like, these motherfuckers, they'll go toward Montana for fucking ten days. I'm like, in Montana? What the fuck? You can do a Northwest tour for 30 days in that many cities because there's that much there. And they're like more open to it and it's more accessible and it's like jump in your car and be that fast here no you're flying somewhere i gotta pack all this shit up make sure i got all my stuff right that was a question what does it take <laughs> um on this one usually i bring that really big blue tub right there that's like a fit so I think a big it's like rubbermaid a 30 gallon rubbermaid i usually have that shit packed to the tilt with like T-shirts, hats, stickers. So your merch? All my merch. Yeah, it's all my merchandise. Um, this run, I'm bringing just my DJ with me, so we're going to have our controller and our microphones with us, merchandise, and our clothes. But sometimes, like, you know, the band. I brought the band on the last one that I did with Chris Calico. We had to we had to arrange to have a drum set down there. My bass player bought his bass. I mean... Yeah, it was heavy duty, and then we brought our, we brought our, we bought actually a merch rack down there. So we had, we rent a van, you know, we have a big old merch crate that we bring with us, a big tub we bring with us. It's a full scale, set everything up, tear it down every night, yeah, man, banners, all that crap. The, the, the rock star dream. Yeah, man, yeah, man. The hip hop artists call it the rock star dream. Yeah, living the dream. Else? Just living the dream, Just man. Living Just living the dream, man. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm thinking like rock stars is heavy alcohol. Hip hop, heavy herb, or not necessarily. I mean, it's it's. Whatever, I mean, it, I think it's just the same as in any music scene. You know what I'm saying? Drugs, alcohol, all that shit. You know what I mean? It's just what <laughs> what's your poison? You know what I'm saying? Pick your poison. I'm like you'll find you'll find it. <laughs> what you need to do your art. You'll find it. You know, if you're one of the people that needs oh. to be fucked up to get out there, they'll get you that way. You know what I'm saying? All right. Or you'll get yourself that way, you know. Usually, right, if that's how you need. It's usually what it is because you have access to it when you're a artist. Most of the time, you're like, hey, what's up? Where's the, where's the drink? Oh, it's in the green room. Right. Oh, bottle sitting back there. Oh, cool. Thanks. Right. Oh, I'm smoking. Oh, we smoking. You know. <laughs> Who's really partying? Well, then you find those guys. Oh, those guys are really partying. You know. 
So, yeah, it goes down in all sorts of ways. Yeah, there's just there's people everywhere, right? Just all kinds of people. Oh, yeah. about being a white guy in hip-hop. What's it like? What's it like being a white guy in hip-hop? What's it like being a white guy in hip-hop? Well, I mean, you could I mean, you could definitely take it from a couple different perspectives. I'm, I'm assuming, like, if you, if you think of just being a white guy in hip-hop, if you were a white guy that grew up around nothing but white people... And Maybe never, we should say Caucasian. Because Whatever. When you say white guy. I don't even care. I mean, I, it I has all it. kinds of meaning in it, doesn't it? Just white guy. No, yes. you're a white guy. I'm a white guy. Shit, right. this is what it is. <laughs> like, I, I don't beat around the bush. But when you say it like that, growing up as a white guy that does hip hop, yeah. Okay, there you go. What What are you saying? Are you saying a white kid that was never exposed to any kind of fucking black culture that was just a white kid that grew up uh -huh. in a white family around nothing but white people and all of a sudden you just started rhyming? No. Fuck no. That's not me. I, I'm a white kid that was exposed to all sorts of cultures growing up. Everybody knows how Alaska is. Alaska yeah. is Beautiful. so diverse and so fucking interracial mixed that it's like you're around Eskimos, Polynesians, Asians, blacks. I mean, my whole life growing up. So I was one of the homies. I was red, dog. I wasn't I wasn't yeah, I was the little white dude, but I was yeah. still I was still red. I was still yeah, like, oh, you weren't white. You were red. Yeah, I was the red dude. You know what <laughs> I'm like, so I, in that aspect, I was still a white guy. But I don't know. I had a lot of culture. My upbringing was in that aspect. I was around the black guys all the time. Well, because that's you know the music I mean? you like too, right? Yeah, it was just the culture that I I lived, man. It was right. like I kicked it on the south side. I had I grew up. I lived on the south side. I fucking. Recorded on the south side. That's where the studio was. I, I hustled, you know what I'm saying? I was a hustler back You think in the if day. you grew up in the uh, suburbs in, uh, I don't know, Miami, you would have been doing hip-hop? Or do you think it would have been... I think I'd have been doing, I would have been doing hip-hop no matter where I was. Just in you. For sure. For sure. Like, because music's in me, period. That shit's in my veins, in my soul. So I'd have been doing it no matter what. Um, But like I was just saying, though, that's... That's the kind of white guy I am growing up doing hip-hop. As to oppose that there's other kind of white kids that grew up doing hip-hop that huh. weren't exposed to the culture like that that do different styles of hip-hop. So basically when I started, I started doing gangster rap and like drug rap because that's what I did. I was like, I was thug. I thought I was a little thug, you know what I'm saying? I was running around being being bad, doing bad shit. Mm -hmm. You know, doing making art about it. Yep, and talking about what the fuck I did. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? That's that's reality. Because I didn't talk about stuff I didn't do. I talked about shit I was doing. 
Got an evolution in your music? Totally. Super, super fucking growth. You listen to my that snowsuits and bunny boots. Oh, it's like it's it's very mature. I've grown up so much. I've as an artist, as a man, everything you know. Because yeah. I was I was a young man that had children. You know what I'm saying? At 17, 18 years old. So I was not only trying to find myself as a person, but I was forced to be a father. Not forced. I, I did that myself. I was a father. And so I had children that I had to raise, you know what I'm saying? And I made the choice to be in their lives and have my children around me. Even when their mom was fucked up or leaving or in jail (laughs) or whatever, my kids stayed the fuck around me. I raised them. My my sons still live with me to this day. My son is 23 almost. The other one is about to be 19. Are they red? Nope. No, they're interracial. uh, Their mother's black and uh, inupiate. Yeah, it's hard to pull a red through. Yeah, <laughs> they got a little bit of stink at this. Yeah, it's coming out, but yeah, my daughter got the red because mommy, my my new wife, she uh, she has some uh, red genes in the family. She's from a Spanish background, which is weird. She has dark hair, dark yeah, eyes. Yeah, just comes up sometimes. She has it? the red gene in there, so yeah, got a little red one with her. But yeah, man, it's you know, hip hop man in this town and. In general, just being a white guy doing hip hop, man, it's not it's not the easiest thing because the first thing now it's a, I got I got I got retract now it's a little bit easier because there's a lot more white artists that are more accepted now you know like there was Mac Miller rest in peace just passed away and recently. racism in general's gone down right hell no racism really? isn't gone down you fucking crazy hell no racism was alive and fucking well in America yeah sure alive like, and well yeah. But I like don't know. A motherfucker. You think it's gotten worse? I think it's just there. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. People try to undercoat it and sugarcoat shit and try to, you know, people just, uh, they don't like to talk about it because if you don't talk about it, then it doesn't raise anybody's, you know, emotions up. But I think it's alive and well and it's, it, sure, it's yeah. sad. So back, back to what but I was you're, you're, you're someone that's living in that world. Definitely, definitely. So it's hard. You get, it's a double edged sword. Like, of course, the people that I'm around that know me, that you know, they accept me for who I am. Your brothers. Oh, that's my dude. <laughs> Let me go somewhere else, though, where motherfuckers don't know me. Yeah. Who's that white boy? Off top, you're going to get some of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, another white dude doing rap. You just got to prove yourself a lot. Always. Always. That's what I was going to say. It's just a proving situation, man. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's one of those things that it's like, you just go out there and you do your fucking thing, man. And it's like, you... Me, I'm a monster, I feel like. So I feel like every time I get done doing what the fuck I do, I get respect for it. They're like, God damn, I do. yeah, you're nice, man. You do what you do. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, that's one of the other things that's kept me going. It's like I'm, I'm confident in my craft because I know what I do and I, I know what I can do. And I know my capabilities, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, just you let your action speak. Yeah, yeah. I leave it all out there, man, every time, you know what I'm saying? Can't understand us, this is the lyrical stick up Put your hands up, some people love us And some can't stand us We poppin' pistols like pussy paparazzi with cameras Break it down in code so they can't understand us Don't rate me fast, all I did, don't rate K-Red And this is real, put it down for the people Might just catch us at your people Not delivering burritos, just the missiles and torpedoes Escapes from my essay, hear them crazy ass Latinos Pack specific, so explicit Northwest, so Pacific AK All day, 907 represented Watch the way your boy are flippin' Swear to fucking God, I'm gettin' snatched the mic 
fucking double fisted it. Play the beat and watch me rip it. Watch how we be bobbing with it. Ready, just be mobbing with it. Heavy, always sloppy with it. That's why he's so cocky with it. Legacy like Rocky did it. Ain't no way to stop the spit it. Crazy, I should be committed. Baby, I'm just so committed. Padded room, straight jacket fitted. Baby, like, ready, did it. Why he do that to the beat? Cause I just had to kill it. Ain't no fucking tricks or gimmicks. If I said it, then I lived it. Back it up in a minute. Just started, but this is where I ended. This is the lyrical stick up. Put your hands up. Some people love us and some can't stand us. They popping pictures like pussy paparazzi with cameras. Break it down in forward tongue so they can't understand us. This is the lyrical stick up. Put your hands up. Some people love us and some can't stand us. We popping pistols like pussy paparazzi with cameras. Break it down in code so they can't understand uh, it's us. It's been a long time, a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations, and a lot of having to prove my fucking self to where. I know when I have to, I can't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because there's, there's been a lot of them, a lot of those, a uh, lot of those tests that have came up over the fucking years. <laughs> oh man, you want to describe one? Any? I mean, I've I've went in I've went into uh, situations, you know, where I'm just kind of hanging out with people and stuff. Like when we first started out, went to Anchorage one time with my buddy, going to this house. Uh, I think we were buying some dope. Is what we were doing. We were down there buying some coke. Come back sell. <laughs> And the dude, dude was down there like, oh, you guys are making music now, huh? Yeah, da, da, da. Like, yeah. Oh, my homies over here rap. A couple of the guys were at the house. He was like, oh, my buddy that was there was like, well, I'm making the beats, you know what I'm saying? He goes, I got the CD of beats out in the car, so he grabbed and go grab it and brings the CD in. They're playing the CD. Oh man, those are pretty dope beats, man. Those are pretty dope beats. Yeah. Who's who, you know who's the rapper, man? Red's the rapper. They're like, shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that guy's the rapper? Like, yeah, that's the motherfucker be spitting. They're like, you spitting, man? It's like, yeah, I'll do a little something, something. They're like, oh, yeah. We should kick a little session, man. Let's do a little freestyle session. I was like, yeah, man, go ahead, man. I'll let y'all get at it first, man. You know, so. Because I always like, you know how it is. You like well, that, to size up the competition. That's all kind con- I mean, And they're looking at me like, I know I'm killing this cat, so it don't matter. They started getting at it, and I'm just like, okay. Were they any good? They're pretty all they're right. Okay. They're right. They're right. They weren't horrid, but. Still, I mean, they were thinking they're going to tear you up. Yeah, no. That wasn't happening. They just blown away right away? I or fucking made them shut up. Immediately. They wouldn't even rap no more. After I, I did like a verse and a half, and I was like, all right. <laughs> Dude was like, nah, man, I'm good, bro. <laughs> you were killing that shit. I was like, all right, there you go, then. Dude was like, that's my dog, Tilly. That's my dog. So, yeah, crazy times, crazy days way back then, man. That That's that's the way. I mean, when, yeah. when you can, it's to put up or shut up. and Yeah. Got to do it, man. Got to do it. When you're walking when you're walking with lines, got to be a line. Right? Yeah, man. It's fun times, man. Fun times. <laughs> what would you think of that, uh... Strawberry Doc Boy? Why do I keep I was it? good, man. Yeah, I liked it, too. It got me, it got me talking. That TV gets me talking. It does. This is a big smooth. This one's going to have a higher, higher uh, THC on it, but we'll be sure of that one. Cannabis always been part of your life? Always. I grew up on farms. My father did seven, eight years in the Washington State Penitentiary <laughs> for growing. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, always. Always as so a child. Were, when you were, it was around. You just yep. Just like up. the bands were in the house, so Girls were the grows. <laughs> yeah. Either in the attic or in the motherfucking basement. So what happened? What was the first time you smoked? Do you even remember the first time? Or was just mm-hmm. so much? Nine years old. As a super, super, super small kid because my older brother and my cousin used to steal stashes from my, from my uncle and my dad. And they had a little bubbler bomb. <laughs> and they pulled it out. We're like, hey. 
<coughs> Wanna hit it? I was like, oh, okay, sure. Tried to hit it. I was gone. Didn't really know that. I didn't even know that I was high. Then they started like messing with me and shit. Made me cry, freaked me out and stuff when I was a kid. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> then I didn't really, I didn't really smoke. You know, it wasn't like I started smoking until I think I was probably like 13, 12, 13. And then it was like on a daily, pretty much a daily basis. Yeah. Well, Selling it? Yeah. Because you had it out? Because it was being grown or just nope. buying from other people? I was it? back then, uh, <coughs> my father was the one that used to grow and, you know, dabble in all that shit. My mom wasn't so much into that. <coughs> but yeah, I used to know a lot of people, so <coughs> I had a lot of hookups. <coughs> That one's good. Got a good flavor. Big smooth. Got a, um, a little more citrusy. I like yeah, it. for being as high as THC, 22 something, you know, <coughs> sometimes you don't get a lot of flavor for right. being high THC. Right. Well, Red, I really, after talking to you and really getting to know you, I mean, what can you know somebody an hour, but just chat. <laughs> I I look forward to seeing you live. Oh, dope, man. And I, I You've got something coming up. You're going on tour now for yes. a month and a half down yes. the northwest. Lower 48, yep. You're West what? Coast. Welcome back? Is that what's happening? Your welcome back thing to Blue Loon? Yeah, yeah. It's a, we'll be back. Um, we're bringing one of the artists that we're going to be working with on the tour back up here. Crazy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony, which is, you know, fucking super multi-platinum selling super mm. group from, you know, 90s, 2000s. Uh, he's coming up solo, though. And, yeah, we're going to do a, song, a show with them down in Seattle starting off the tour and then we make our way down to the, um, San Diego and we'll be joining Mayday Music from Strange Strange Music Mayday's little three piece <coughs> they're going to be uh, finishing up the second leg of their South of Fifth tour and we're joining them up the west coast back into Seattle and Spokane in and off in Spokane and then uh, taking a couple days off coming back up here I'm going to actually shoot a video before I leave down there and then I'm going to come back up here and then a uh, couple days off, and yeah, we got we got him coming up here to Anchorage and Fairbanks. So what's the uh, November 9th, Blue Loon? November 9th, Blue Loon. All right, I I I'm gonna be there, Red. Awesome. I'm gonna yeah, I got I gotta see. And it, it, like I said, <coughs> I like good music, and I love live music. Dope, Anything man. live. Dope. Great to see you. Did you ever get any any graffiti doing? Um, because you were talking Tagging about breaking and. <coughs> <laughs> I used to draw and do some <laughs> stuff like that, but I, <coughs> I got in trouble for spray painting some buildings once. <laughs> I don't know. If you, I don't know if that'll you consider that graffiti, but yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, that will quit, that'll cut your craft down real fast. Yeah. Thanks, Red, for having me in. Oh, thank you. Thank and, you for uh, ha having me on the uh, being podcast. an artist, being an artist in Fairbanks, Fuck and just doing it for twenty years. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. A model of what it can be like. That's right, man. Producing music. Just keep, music, just keep going, music. man. Keep going. Don't ever stop. That's what I tell everybody. Where's Red in five years? Uh, shit. Probably managing some groups, touring still, doing some things, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, what you I, want to say something that's about what, Permafrost? That, uh, Permafrost Promotions. You promotions. Know? Yeah, Permafrost, permafrost Promotions. promotions. <laughs> that's, my, that's my entertainment um, business, my, my promotion company. We bring... We bring numerous acts and artists to the state of Alaska all over. We do all sorts of different kinds of events and functions. Uh, plan on de definitely growing that and evolving that into some different stuff. And then, like I said, managing and kind of like doing some tour managing and stuff like that. 
<coughs> I want to help get some of these Alaskan artists out of here a little bit, you know what I mean? Show them that it can be done. Because, like I said, it's it seems unattainable. It seems impossible. It seems, I don't know. <coughs> it you just have to imagine it. Once you imagine it, you just start doing things. Visualize it. Talk about it. Put it down on some paper, man. Do it. Fucking do it. I'm telling you, man, like I said, that shit is the power of like thinking about stuff and making it happen is so real, man. I used to cut how I told you I had all them boxes in my closet of all that equipment and shit, man. Right. Every fucking piece of that equipment that I had, I had a magazine. A, I think it was a Musician's Friend magazine or a B&H magazine or something, mm -hmm. dude. I'd just look through them things and I'd check all this equipment. And I'd go, I'm getting that. And I'd cut it out of the magazine. And I'd just save the little thing. And I'd look at that shit all the time. And I'd go, I'm getting that motherfucker right there. That's... I do. I got. I got that. Yours. I got that mixer in there now. You know. Yeah. I got that drum machine. You know what I'm saying. I'm like, that's how it was, man. And I put it together piece by motherfucking piece. And why do some me. people not act on that? I think that some people, uh, even though you can sometimes possibly process the thought of seeing something and visualizing something, the the means to the end just don't seem realistic to them or they maybe they don't know how to start to even make mm. it happen or something like that. I don't know you're gonna I think help a lot of people do that aren't you I think a lot of people are scared to try is what it is a lot of them a lot of people are scared of fucking failure yeah. and you gotta yeah. fail a lot sometimes to fucking get it right figure know? out what not to do yeah I, I failed a lot of times man there's a and lot people, of people like you said earlier they never at this point they don't they don't appreciate the failures that you've had. No, of course the, not. The years and years of no, failures of and not. getting laughed at or whatever, no, being of hard. Or, of course not, man. No. Of course not. No, no. Overnight sensation. Yeah, no. Everybody just everybody sees, they see you, you now or whatever. On stage. Because you know I mean? yeah. the people that are in your world, Realm, they're seeing yeah. you on stage and yeah. just like, oh, you're doing it, man. I'm like, no, I'm a dad, man. I'm a husband. You know, I'm a brother. Veteran. That's, yeah. I'm a you veteran. Get some other guys, well. manage some young guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to bring the veteran out. And there you go. Get them out there and get them doing what they're doing. Yes, sir. Oh, man. All right. Thanks, Red. I'm on, I could keep talking, but come on again. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Living in a world that is cold as fuck. Why the truth is messed by lies and they ain't telling us. And revolution from the youth who rebellious. As we take to the streets and raise our fists up. Don't weep, sons, no sweet songs, but this is how it started. This world is cold and full of evil. Can you make my pardon? Refuse to go. Retro flow. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan Cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. And now, Patreon. Help support the show financially at patreon.com slash midtoker. Here's Token. Here's Token.